everybody, I'm thrilled that you are joining us today for the end, the conclusion of this series on Hesed from the Book of Ruth. We are ending with Papa Roach's song, You Were Born for Greatness. You're not nameless, you're not faceless, you were born for greatness. Now, do you believe that? Because I absolutely believe that you were born for greatness. When you think about that song, nameless, faceless, you think about people hiding behind veils, anonymous, people don't have names. In the book of Judges, there's so many people who are anonymous with no names. What does that mean? God gives us a name. He gives us a purpose. He gives us an identity. Without God, everything is subjective. Like, well, I think, I think I have a purpose, or I think maybe you have a purpose, or no, you don't have a purpose. It's all subjective. It's all opinions. But with God, there's objective truth. It's a fact. God says, I created you. You have a purpose. You have a name. I love that song. You're not nameless. You're not faceless. Now, today, we want to focus on this. Hesed breaks every chain. Hesed breaks every chain. Jesus Christ is pure Hesed in the Bible. I mean, Abraham's famous for Hesed and Ruth is famous for Hesed at an unwavering level, but Jesus Christ is pure Hesed. He stands up in the synagogue in Nazareth at the beginning of his ministry and says, I have come to set captives free. The Hesed of Jesus Christ breaks every chain. Galatians chapter five, Paul writes, it is for freedom that Christ has come to set us free. Now let's just define this, this Hesed if we can real quick. How does Hesed break every chain? What is Hesed? We've been saying this, Hebrew word Hesed is a very deep word. I mean, on the short list, there's about 20 words that it takes to define Hesed, but the long list is about 200. Let me give you some of the top ways that you define the word hesed. Hesed is a seeker of truth and a setter of limits. That was last week. Hesed is jaw-dropping, loyal devotion. Hesed is justice, fairness, patience, mercy, kindness, and love. But just not any kind of love. It's enduring love, faithful love, generous love, relentless love, unfailing love, true love, deep love, and an all-inclusive love. And this is what we have seen about Hesed in the book of Ruth. Hesed is contagious. It spreads. Hesed is where we start when our life is falling apart. Hesed can repair the world. Now, everybody, here's the point about today. How? How does Hesed break every chain? That's nice to say, Hesed breaks every chain, but tell me how it does it. And that's what we're drilling into today. And we're going to read the most repeated verses in the entirety of the Bible. Like when those who wrote the Bible, the writers of the Bible, when they decided what should we repeat more than anything else, Exodus 34, 6 and 7 are the verses they chose. We're going to repeat these verses in some shape or fashion all throughout the Bible because we think, we think that people need to hear this. God believes that we need to hear these verses over and over and over again. All right, now for the most repeated verses in the entire Bible. Exodus 34, 6 and 7. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God slow to anger, abounding in love, hesed, and faithfulness, emmet, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet, 
He does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parent to the third and fourth generation. Now, that last part always gets people a little bit hung up. Let me just, because I don't have time to explain all of it, let me just say this. It means that God is not going to turn a blind eye and say, oh, you can get away with abusing and hurting people and all kinds of sin and wrong and disgusting things, whatever. God's not going to do that. He is going to hold people accountable and you and I want to live in a world where people are held accountable. Okay. So that's what that means. But let's, let's, let's talk about the beginning of this. This is about the character of God. And it's the first time in the entirety of scripture that God describes to us so clearly, so, so pointedly what his character is. It says that God is abounding in Hesed and Emmet. Now those two words are like peanut butter and jelly. Throughout the scripture, they just keep going together, right? Hesed, all the many things I just said a few moments ago. That's what they are and, and a whole lot more. Emmet means faithfulness. Now there's a number of ways that we can define the Hebrew word emmet, but one of the top ways, probably the clearest way that you find it, find it defined is faithfulness. What is faith? Emmet, faithfulness. So faithfulness to what? Faithfulness to Hesed, faithfulness to love, mercy, grace, justice, kindness, faithfulness to all those things. It is the character of God. It's the virtues and the values of God. I am going to be faithful to the ways of God, to the character of God. God is faithful to the ways of God and the character of God. This is what these verses are describing to us. And when we are, we break all the chains that bind us, all the chains that we see in the book of Ruth that just like disturb us so much, like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. The things that you and I go through life and we say, are we ever going to break this cycle? Is my family ever going to break free of this darkness? God says, yes, because you're born for greatness. You can. So quick review, the book of Ruth, chapter one. There's a slight, slight hint that God is there in Ruth chapter one. Then you get to Ruth two and three. And the slight hint increases just a little bit more. And then all of a sudden you get to Ruth chapter four and it's like, whoosh, God shows up. And God is there. It says there at the end of Ruth chapter four that God gives her pregnancy. It is the clearest, the clearest case of divine intervention and God showing up in somebody's life around the issue of fertility, around the issue of giving life. Like in other cases, it says, God remembers or God hears or something like that. But here it's like God gave, God shows up. Now, why does that happen? Because all throughout the book of Ruth, what you have is Ruth doing hesed, choosing hesed. And when you keep being faithful to the attributes of God, when you keep doing that, it breaks the chain. Human hesed triggers divine hesed. We all want to encounter God. We all want God to show up in our lives and for us to experience God in an amazing way. It happens when we choose Hesed over and over and over again. Okay, now I want to emphasize how Jesus Christ sets us free from every chain that binds us by a very well-known and popular verse in the Bible. Second Corinthians chapter 5, we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. Now, I had somebody send me a message on our church's Facebook site, and I copied it down. I want to read to you exactly what they wrote. They said faith, and then they defined it this way. Here is what faith is. What you believe, 
even though there's no evidence to support it. I think a lot of times we take that from that verse. We walk by faith, not by sight. There is no evidence, right? I have faith. I don't need facts. That's another way that I think people interpret that. I have faith. I don't need facts. Now, here is where it's really important that we understand. Remember this this. Uh, series we're in is so much, Ruth is so much about interpretation. Interpretation, if you interpret one way, the Bible one way, man, it leads to so many good things and another way, so many bad things. Now, Jesus tells this famous parable about the seed and the soils. And there's four different soil types. But here's the one soil type that he really emphasized. This is the good stuff. He said, the seed that falls into the soil that understands... Remember how we've been talking about the Bible keeps saying, seek understanding, seek understanding, seek understanding. So we got to be very careful for, for those of us who were church people like me. And I know we have a ton of people, a very large percentage of people that never been to church before in their life or just coming for the first time. This is wonderful. We love it because we want to be very careful that we give a clear understanding and not confuse people or push people away from the real truth of what the word faith means in the Bible, I messaged this person back and I just said, hey, I just want to let you know that may be a, a a modern day interpretation of the word faith, but that's not the biblical interpretation of faith, right? This whole idea that I have faith, I don't need facts. Here's actually what the verse would mean if we interpreted with the right understanding definition of faith and the right definition of sight. It would mean this. I walk by facts, not by feelings. I walk by facts, not by feelings. See, faith is a thing that you can believe in the most, that has the most objective evidence to support it. Let me show you this. Because at a close reading, a careful study of God's word, you clearly see that sight, when you see things, is deceptive. Sight is where feelings come in, things that are not proven, unproven things. So what does Eve see? Eve saw the tree. Very specific word in Hebrew. She saw the tree, goes down, right? Lot saw the valley, bad news. Bad stuff happens as a result of that. Judah saw Tamar, his daughter-in-law, and lusted after her, bad stuff. And then finally, famous story, David saw Bathsheba, right? And had an affair with her. Now that was all feelings. To see something is shallow and deceptive. It is feeling-based. David saw Bathsheba and had an affair with her. See, when you see something that's feeling-based, it's very shallow. It's not fact-based. David felt like having an affair. And then when Bathsheba is pregnant, David felt like covering this up, his affair up, by killing her husband Uriah. The facts are this. Bathsheba's married. She's not married just to anybody. The fact is that Bathsheba is married to one of David's most trusted friends, Uriah the Hittite, who would give his life for David. It was all feeling based. And after David follows his feelings and not the facts, not being faithful to the facts, his entire life is a complete mess. Faith is being faithful to the character of God. To the ways of it's being faithful to honesty and justice is peace and forgiveness and seeking the truth and setting the limits and all these wonderful things that we've been talking about. And when you are faithful to those things that are tried and true and proven, the chains begin to fall off of us. Those cycles of darkness begin to go away. 
That is what this is all about, about breaking the chains. Now, a good way to see that, that how, because sometimes people, well, I'm just going to pray about it. And somehow faith and prayer, I don't, I don't need to figure it out. I don't need to be through it. Just magically things are going to work is the movie 13 lives. I recently saw that movie. I highly encourage you to see the movie. So you had 13 lives, 13, well, 12 boys and a coach, Thai soccer team. They're caught in a cave. They're trapped in a cave because it's monsoon season and water has filled up the cave. And lo and behold, they're trapped like way back into the cave and people come from all over the world. And you know what? People are praying and praying and praying, not just in Thailand. We hear about it here in the U.S. People are praying all over the world. Get them out. And they're in there for days, weeks they're in there for. And people are praying and praying. But that's not all they do. It's not like they prayed and then magically they appeared outside of the cave. They were, no, no, no. People came from around the world. The Thai Navy SEALs are there. People have realized we got to divert all this water from the rain off of the mountain. So thousands of people are up on the mountain and they divert 56 million gallons of water. So they're working. And then these special divers show up who are skilled in rescuing people from caves. And they go in there and it takes them, it takes them like seven hours just to get to the boys in there. And then another seven hours to get them. I mean, it was a huge thing. They had to put on wetsuits and they had to get lights and cameras and oh my gosh, they had to do so many things. Here's the thing. Here's how we break chains. We pray and we follow the attributes of God. It's just hard work. We stick with it. We break those chains. Like 12 step programs are very famous. You're never going to get free with the 12-step program unless you work the steps. So it's hard work. How does Ruth break every chain? She does hesed. Hesed is something that you do. You choose to do it. And you and I, we can experience that freedom, but we've got to do it. Yes, pray, but yes, do. Yes, pray, but yes, do. And that is how the chains get broken. You and I want to work for a hesed organization, a hesed business. That's the type of place we want to work for. We want to live in a hesed home. We want to have hesed friends because we want that type of character around us. As Proverbs says, when the righteous rule the city rejoices, when people follow the ways of God, the path of God, there is freedom, freedom in that because every chain is broken. Okay, I want to read to you from the end of Ruth. Ruth chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. And I just want to say there is so much in this book that we could probably talk about it for six months. Think about this. You ever heard of the Proverbs 31 woman? I know those of you who've been in church a long time like me have heard of the Proverbs 31 woman. Who do you think that Proverbs 31 woman was? I mean, those verses were written by Ruth's great-great-grandson, Solomon. Do you think he was talking about a woman in general? Or do you think he was talking about a specific woman? I would encourage you to read those verses with Ruth in mind. See what you come out with. But anyway, here, we get to the end of the book and Ruth, who enters the town, ignored her mother-in-law, Naomi, says, I come back empty and here you got Ruth standing right there saying, what? So she's ignored, she's shamed, she's humiliated, all of these things. And now you get to the end of the book and they're singing songs about her. She's being celebrated by the elders at the gate and Boaz, who marries her publicly, legally, honors her, celebrates her, respects her. This is what Hesed has done for Ruth. Now, I want to read you these verses. 
Then the elders and all the people at the gate said, we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah. Well, we got to take a time out right there. Like Rachel and Leah, Ruth, like Ruth the Moabites, like Rachel and Leah. You know who Rachel and Leah are. They are biblical royalty. They're the matriarchs. They're the matriarchs of Israel. Oh my gosh, you can't get any bigger than that. Who together built up the family of Israel. May you have standing in Ephrath and be famous in Bethlehem. Through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman, may your family be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. Now, why in the world are we bringing up Perez and Judah and Tamar? Of course, you know, we've talked about Judah and Tamar. We've talked about all the bad stuff that happened in that situation and then all the good stuff and how, you know, lives got turned around, all that kind of stuff, right? Who is Perez? His name means breakthrough. Just real quick. Judah's father, Jacob, was a twin. And when he was born, Jacob and Esau, Esau was the firstborn. But how does Jacob come out? Jacob, I think they're rumbling in the stomach. They're having a whole warfare in the mother's womb. I don't know what that must have been like, but they're having a huge warfare. And Jacob, the deceiver, comes out and he's pulling, he's pulling. Maybe that's where we got that saying. He's pulling on his brother's leg. He's trying to get something that's not his, and he deceives his way through life, and he makes his life just an absolute mess. Now Judah also has a twin. He has twin boys by Tamar, and they also are wrestling in the womb. And you find that when they're born, the first comes out, his name is Zerah. He sticks his hand out. I mean, just don't go too far with imagining this, but he sticks his hand out, and the midwife ties a red cord on it, and all of a sudden he pulls his hand back into the womb, and Perez just comes launching out. Like he, I don't know if he like used, you know, Zira as like a catapult, to, but he comes right out there, and the midwife says, look how you have broken through. Now, what does that stand for? Because Judah has made the breakthrough. Abraham is the first person famous for Hesed in all the Bible, but Judah is the first person who is famous for, first of all people, to publicly repent of his anti-Hesed ways. And that is why Jesus is from the lion of the tribe of Judah, and Judah is the leader because he's famous. So it breaks the cycle. When we repent of our anti-Hesed ways and we choose to be faithful to the Hesed of God, the ways of God, to justice, mercy, and grace, and kindness, and seeking truth, and setting limits, and all the things we've talked about, it begins to break chains, break cycles. That's why his name is Perez. Okay, everybody, I've asked uh, Ben to step from behind the camera. You usually never see his face because he's on the other side. And to help me out with something really important here. Ben, you remember, we started this series with the most vicious, disgusting, and disturbing story in the entirety of the Bible, Judges chapter 19. It is sick. So if you haven't heard before, you can go read it, but it's sick. It's really sick. And then we got into all kinds of other things. I mean, we spiraled downwards, kind of what I call it, into the sewage. And so we're going to represent that by chains that bind us. So this is why Ben is here is going to help me. We've got some pretty heavy chains right here. Here's the things that we've talked about through the series that uh, is in the background of Ruth. Incest, lies, deception, unfaithfulness, sexual assault, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, mental abuse, life 
crushing favoritism, right, Ben? These are the things that we have talked about that are so tough. Now, here's the question. Have you experienced any of these? Like, has your family experienced any of this stuff? Because a lot of us have. I've experienced some of these things, and it's terrible. I mean, it's crushed. These, these, these are really heavy. I'm not living the life I want to live. I feel, I feel weighed down because these things are so heavy. Now, what does Ruth do? Hesed is something that you act upon, right, Ben? You gotta act upon it. You do it. You do Hesed. You just don't talk about Hesed. You actually do Hesed. She does Hesed. And as I said a few minutes ago, human Hesed triggers divine Hesed. Divine Hesed. Exactly right. So we find in Ruth chapter 2, Boaz says to Ruth, May God bless you. And in Ruth 3, Ruth says, You bless me, Boaz. Right, exactly. Right. In Ruth chapter 2, Boaz says to her, may God spread his hesed over you. And then in Ruth 3, Ruth says to Boaz, may you spread your hesed over me. Exactly. So it's something we do. Now, then you might say that. You might say this. You might say, well, I'll just do hesed. You know? I'll just do hesed on my own. Like, I'll be faithful and loving and kind and all these things that we've talked about. But you know what, Ben? You can't do it. You can't do it. Jesus says something very famous in the Bible. Many people have heard this. Even people who don't know the Bible, they seem to know this verse. Jesus says, why do you look at the insignificant speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice and acknowledge the egregious log that is in your own eye? So it turns out we can't do Hesed on our own. We need outside help. And Jesus was a very good scientist because of the book. There's a book called The Elephant in the Brain, and it's written by a local person, George Mason University. And what he says is science tells us this. Our brains, our brains, Ben, our brains function in such a way that we quickly see the speck in somebody else's eye and we miss the log in our own. Our brains. So Jesus was a very good scientist. We can't do it on our own. We need outside help to actually to actually cut these heavy chains that bind us. Now, Ben, we're going to cut these chains. You've got your your, your oh, pants yeah. right there, okay? And uh, Ben, I'm just yeah. gonna I'm just gonna hold it right here. And Ben's gonna he's gonna break he's gonna break free with these with yeah. these nice beautiful. Go ahead, have at it. Yeah. Now do it. The reason I have Ben here with me today is because Ben is quite the athlete, actually. Yeah. So he likes to keep it uh, a down low on that thing. But when he went to, uh, he, go ahead, Ben. He went with the church to this thing called Goliathon, and I personally know somebody was there and said, "Man, Ben was just like, ooh, just like going through these obstacles like they were not." So he's a really great athlete. He's very strong. Can I break this? Uh, go ahead. Act like you mean it. All right. So he's <laughs> he's having trouble. And here's the thing. A lot of people say, I tried, I tried Jesus. I tried Hesed. I tried the Bible. I tried church. Didn't work for me. Everybody, it's just like these little tiny clippers. It's never going to work. Just a little try. You can't give it a little try. It can't be half baked Hesed or half committed Hesed or tiny Hesed. You can't give it a try. Ben, you're a great athlete, right? Go ahead, say it, Ben. You're a great athlete. Okay. I'm great. Okay. Okay. Can you be in good shape by working out once a year? I cannot. Okay. How about twice a year? No. How about once a month? No. Once a week? If you want to be in great shape, you got to do what? You got to be consistent. You got to do it all the time. You got to work out daily. Same thing. For our minds that see the speck in somebody else's eye, but miss the log on our own. They need to be fully transformed. Not a little bit. You can't try a little bit of Jesus. That's why you got to be in the word. That's why you got to be going to church, have accountability, because you need outside help from God who gives us objective 
Hesed truth speaks to us, and then we fully commit ourselves to it. We dive fully in. Nobody breaks free in a 12-step program because they try the steps one day or for one month. It's something that you continuously do. That's why we go to church. That's why we don't read the Bible. We study the Bible. So what do you need, Ben? You need to build up your Hesed muscles, don't you? Huh? So we got to build up. So you need to build up your muscles until it's a big, bad Hesed cutter, okay? So let's get... Uh, we might just have let's something. Get, let's get something over here. Pull out the big uh, the big whopper. There you go. Now we're talking. Now, I'm going to take this heavy chain right here. And Ben, when he tried a little bit of Hesed, when he tried a little bit of Jesus, couldn't cut it. But when he built up his Hesed muscles, look at this, everybody. Look at this. Just lay it on. Go ahead. Bear down on it. Now, you can do it. You can do it, Ben. Show up. Yes. Come on, man. Come on, get serious, man. Get into it. Put your back in there, man. Get it. You can do it. Yes. Everybody, we started this series. I said that, you know, one thing I have a passion in this series is that you would experience everything in life that God has for you. You were born for greatness, and there's no doubt about it. You are not nameless. You're not faceless. God has something great for you. We want to pray for you here in the end, that every chain that binds you would be broken, that the cycles of darkness and abuse and pain and suffering be broken in your life. Pray, yes. You cannot break free today, but you can begin breaking free today. And if you will make the decision to follow and be faithful to the ways of God's hesed, you will break free. And I want to pray about that right now. Heavenly Father, I ask God that you would put us on a a course to be faithful to your ways because your ways break every chain. It is for freedom, Jesus, that you came to set us free. Father, help us to be faithful to your almighty chain-breaking ways in Christ's name. Amen.